Hi, I'm Randy Weddle. I'm your host for Creation Anew. I pastor two churches in Indiana, Community Church of Mooresville, located in Mooresville, Indiana, and I also pastor Mount Pleasant Christian Church, located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And this podcast is designed to challenge both believers in Jesus Christ and those who don't believe. I want to challenge believers to grow in their faith. And I want to challenge non-believers to take a serious look at the Bible. Are you ready? Let's get started. Well, as we begin chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 4 through 25. And if we look at that and we compare it to what we've seen so far in Genesis, it looks like we have two different creation accounts. But that is not what's happening here. If you've ever told a story, and maybe you wanted to emphasize one portion of that story, and then you told the same story, and you gave an exact chronological order of what happened, they may sound like two different things. We do that. that We do that in our communication. Well, the Bible does it too. And what we have in Genesis chapter 1 starting at verse 1 and going to Genesis chapter 2 verse 3 we have a chronological account of the creation that's why Moses writes in there on day 1 this happened on day 2 this happened and so on but in Genesis chapter 2 verses 4 through 25 he is emphasizing the creation of mankind he's not really interested in telling us a chronological order of the creation. That's why they look different. So let's take a look at verses 4 through 6 and we're going to see how these line up. Verses 4 through 6 of Genesis chapter 2 says this. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven Now no shrub of the field was yet in the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. But a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Well, that sounds very similar to the primordial earth that we had in Genesis 1 where it said that it was it was empty and water uh, was was covering it and it was dark well this is saying the same thing just a little differently this is the early earth that we found before in Genesis chapter 1 Moses mentions it again but he just says it in a different way his concern is not to talk to us about the early earth but he still tells us that it's empty he still tells us that there's water there even though no rain had fallen there was water uh, on the earth let's jump down to Genesis 2 verses 8 through 14 and we'll get back to verse 7 here but just indulge me for just a moment Genesis 2 Verses 8 through 14 says this, The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in 
in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. The bdellium and the onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gion. It flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It flows east of Assyria, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. Now, what do we see here in verses 8 through 14 of Genesis 2? We see the account of God creating the garden. Uh, this would include the vegetation, right? God makes the garden, and we know that he's going to place the man in there. All right. Now there are a couple of specific trees in this garden, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We also see them in Genesis 3 verse 22. We even see them in or see the tree of the of life in Revelation 22 verse 2. These are real trees. They were they were actual trees. God made them and put them in the garden. Well, the garden is part of that vegetation that he created. And then, let's jump down to verses 19 and 20, and let's read that. Verses 19 and 20 of, of uh, Genesis 2 says this, Out of the garden the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, and to the birds of the sky, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. Now, I know that we're, we're mentioning man in there, but what 19, verses 19 and 20 are telling us is the animals were created just like we found in Genesis 1. They differ from mankind, all right? And but they were created. So we still in this in this account of creation, we still have the early earth, we have God creating vegetation, and we have God creating all the all the wildlife, all the all the animals. Now let's go back and let's take a look at those verses that specifically talk about the creation of man. We start at verse 7, and it's the creation of the male. So let's go up to verse 7, and we'll read that. Verse 7 of Genesis 2 says, Then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. So God formed the male, and you can think of it like a potter forming clay. And we get that picture in Isaiah 29:16, and also Isaiah 45:9, Jeremiah 18:6, and Romans 9:20 20 and 21. 
talk in, in terms of God forming like a potter forms clay. And he is, the, the man is given life from God. And we know that God is the giver of life. We see that in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. We see it in 1 Corinthians 15, 45. We see it in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. So we see the, the, in verse 7 the beginning of this creation of man. Now let's go to verses 15 and read down to verse 17. We're going to see more about the creation of mankind. Verses 15 through 17 of Genesis 2 says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. What do we see here? We see that man is given responsibility. He is to tend and care for the garden. And he has also got the responsibility to stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now let's look at verses 18 through 23 and see what there is to see here. 18 through 23 of Genesis 2 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, and to the birds of the sky, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper suitable for him. Then the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. So verses 18 through 23 gives us some more information here. It tells us that the man needed, the, the male of the species, the male of, of humanity, needed a helper. He needed someone to aid him and assist him. And that's exactly what the woman was made for. This doesn't mean that the woman is a lesser creature. That doesn't mean that she is less human than the man. But her role is to assist him. We also see that she was formed from man. God took a rib from Adam and he created Eve. We see this also in 1 Corinthians 11.8 and there are other places in scripture where we, we read of this. So, it really shouldn't be any big deal for us. If God formed the male out of the dust, he can certainly form the female out of a, of a portion of the man. Let's look at verses 24 and 25. Verse 24 and 25 say this, 
This, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. What we see here is the creation of marriage, that special relationship between man and woman that God designed. It is the union of a man and woman. It is exclusive. It is one man and one woman. And it is a union that is complementary. It is a union that is uh, to be rejoiced in, uh, delighted in, and, and, and it is a pleasurable um, union. And it reflects the union that we'll later see, hopefully, if we get into the New Testament, we'll later see between Jesus and the church. We see that in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31-32. So we see more emphasis on the creation of humanity and the things about humanity. We see man's responsibility, we see the female being created and her responsibility, and we see the creation of the, the institution of marriage, the reason why things are a little bit different in chapter 2, again, is because Moses is not interested in giving us a chronological account of the creation again. He is giving us an account that is more man-centric. He's talking more about man. So what can we take from this? Well, one of the things that we can take from this is man is the pinnacle of creation but he's still under God mankind is the highest portion of God's creation but he is not God and there are a lot of things here that we're talking about that we really need to um, to remember as people and this is one of them many people think that they are they are just it. They are the, the final authority. And that is not true. And we see that in creation. Man was created. He wasn't always here. His, his being, mankind's being and life, is under God's control. Man is dependent upon God for his existence and his subsistence. We also see that man is accountable to God. He's given a purpose, he's given work to do, and he will be judged according to that, that work and that purpose. We also see that man is subject to God. He is subject to God to live in this world under God's laws. That's because this world is God's world, and mankind must live according to the laws of this world. And when I specifically talk about are moral laws and natural laws. And we can talk a little bit more about those. But for now, let's just say mankind is under God's authority and his laws. And we need to remember that. This is why um, remembering and, and, and believing the creation account that the Bible gives is so important because it tells us a lot about us. It tells us a lot about 
um, th the things we do, who we are, how we're supposed to live. And, and it gives us a good framework for that. Well, guys, we will plan to continue on as we go. Uh, we're ready for Chapter 3 the next time we meet. Until then, bye-bye. Hi, this is Randy Weddle. I want to thank you for joining me today on Creation Anew. I always enjoy having you with me. I also want to invite you to take a look at creationanew.com where you can find more audio, uh, more teaching, and more resources to help you in your journey uh, in following Christ. I wish you the best. Please keep searching the scriptures for truth and join me next time on Creation Anew. Thank you so much.